right, everyone, welcome back to the Excellence Cartel. Um, joining us today is John Gorman. But first, we're going to kick it off with our usual roundtable. Um, Jason, give me a little yes, bit yes. about how the last few days have been going for you, brother. Well, as uh, some of our listeners know, we had the Physique Education Collective in Nashville. And uh, it was an awesome weekend, but just a busy one. Um, and I don't know if it was sciences or what. I just wasn't sleeping real great. So uh, between an extra day of training and then just training hard as hell for three days there, uh, between the anxiety of presenting, all that stuff, man, I got home and Monday I was just uh, – well, Sunday I was beat, but Monday I was uh, – and we went out till four as well on, on uh, <laughs> what Saturday night to celebrate your birthday. So all of it together for this 41-year-old guy. Uh, no matter how young he thinks he is, it kind of put me down. So yesterday I didn't train. Um, just took a, took an off day, got all my client stuff done, actually started my presentation for the physique summit coming up in October and just kind of took a down day. So actually it was nice. Got back to training today and it was a, it was a good session. So I needed to take that time off. Um, other than that, uh, nothing else really going on business wise, few new clients trickling in things of that nature. Um, we're still working on our new ethics, Amazon page, getting the, basically the story we want to tell, right. Um, things of that nature, but, um, yeah, so, you know, kind of, I think that sums up most of it. All right, real quick before I get to Sue, what was the better highlight seeing Austin stout on the mechanical bull or, <laughs> on the mechanical bull? What, or what was the second one? Or seeing Jeffrey Sue, who beat, who, who, uh, did, who did it better? Who rode that bull better? I think Jeff gave a gallant effort to take his shirt off, but since <laughs> it was like squashed, it just didn't get the like effect that he wanted. So, I mean, just seeing Austin kind of sitting there completely uncomfortable, kept touching his face and like his big old quads. It's that uh, people don't know Austin wore out uh, literally like, like I have a pair of young LA, like short, like training shorts. I mean, these things are short. And he's got big ass pasty white thighs and he wore black shoes with a fanny pack. So think about this 230 pound bodybuilder and he had this dingy shirt on. I mean, he just, it was, it was awesome. It's just, you know, it, it just was not going out to Nashville clothes, but he did not give a fuck. So then he got on the bull, which I did not think would ever happen. I think his wife was even shocked. So just putting that all together, seeing Austin do that was was because Sue's already kind of a character. I'd expect Jeff to ride it. And it was funny. Like you wouldn't expect that out of Austin. So because of that, I got to go with Austin. Ah, uh, yeah, I gotta give it to him too. I mean, Sue, that was great. And I mean, it was ballsy, but it's just Austin. Like, <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, the women loved it. You know, I, I had some, you know, some, some good attention there. And then the bouncer came up to me. He's like, put your freaking shirt on. Yeah, well, like, and then he's he freaking, he's the fucking <laughs> Your shirt was inside out, and it took you an hour to yeah, put it back on. <laughs> I was like, I'm putting it on, man. <laughs> the whole thing was just awkward. Yeah. All right, Sue. Well, you lost the stout, but you can go ahead and cap us on your week and what's been going on and kind of where you're at and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it was a great week, great weekend. You know, I was trashed, too, because I'm not somebody who goes out late. So 4 a.m. was like, you know, taking me back to the college days, back when I used to party out in Boston and uh, still get up in the morning to train and do legs or something. And no way in hell could I have done that mm -hmm. this time around. But it was great seeing you guys, you know, hanging out, you know, and of course, you know, having, you know, all the people come by and meet new people. It was great. I had two clients sign up um, over the weekend as well. So business is good, you know? Life is great. Yeah, oh, man. I got my hair done today too. I just got back actually. How but much was it today? Uh, today was, a, was the keratin treatment. So it was $200. Whoa. Whoa. 
That hair looks great, buddy. I mean, that's pretty fucking shiny. I'm not even gonna lie. It, it does. Do you like? Do you like pet it at times? Do you find like it feels like? I don't, I don't, like, being, I don't like it being touched. So once it's done, it's done. I don't like. I don't like it <laughs> so just, how many selfies do you take with your fucking hair today? Oh, I took a few, like to to send to like some select people. You know. I bet. <laughs> how long does a keratin treatment last? Uh, about six to eight weeks. So, so how long does it take to do it when you're at the, I guess you go to a salon. It, it takes an hour and a half. You so I was, there from, I was there at one thirty. So I was like, I, I have this podcast to go to. I, I can't be late. So she got, she got it done in time. An hour and a half just sitting there. Was your head in like this dome thing or? No, no. They put like, it's like two, it's like two steps, right? They put the, the, um, it's like a, the character treatment itself first, which straightens the hair, and that has to be left on for 15 minutes. Then they wash it and condition it. Then they put a relaxer in it, which neutralizes or whatever. Oh, no, a neutralizer in it, which, which like smooths it out and gives it like this like sheet. And then they have to wash it and condition it again. Then they blow dry it. Then they cut it. They trim the side here. And then- How did you even know that fucking existed? Uh, I don't know. I just looked online. I talked to some girls I knew. You know? <laughs> oh man! I do this stuff all the time. Okay. okay, awesome. All right, we're moving off. From- anyway, <laughs> I'm done. Oh. <laughs> um, well, you know, the physique education <laughs> collective was awesome. Um, you know, Thera came through clutch for all of us. That was put on extremely well. John Michael, you know, filming all the presentations and then having Wade take all the photos he did from the the meet and greet Friday night, the open lifts, and things like that. But um, it was just cool to present with you guys and have that open discussion with the uh, with the attendees. I know that every person from Jim Pop to the coaches who were there all said they walked away with information, which is all we can ever hope to do. So that was a success. Um, with that being said, Jason, I think um, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. We're actually in talks to do the same presentation down in Atlanta here shortly um within probably the next 90 maybe 120 days so if you guys are interested in seeing this if you missed out on the first time we have a gym down in atlanta that we're in talks with to bring us down we would do the same presentation you need to get a hold of us on social media any one of us three um and tag us somehow so we know because we're trying to get a head count going for the for the owner who wants to graciously host us there. Um, that was cool. We also got off, uh, talk, you know, the one guy was like, maybe Omaha. And I was like, oh gosh, yeah. that'd be cool. Go to Bob's. That way I could yeah. see, you know, and he'd see other gyms and stuff like that. That's why I like to travel, see For all sure. that. But um, in all honesty, dude, it was just a great week. Um, tomorrow's my birthday. I turned the big three, nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, getting up there, Jason, I'm close to you, buddy. <laughs> close. Yeah. But, um, you know, otherwise I've had a few new clients actually reach out to me. So that's been cool to have, you know, so growth is good. And then I'm um, just kind of working through some stuff at, uh, iron house trying to kind of, I'm going to spend quarter four at the gym, kind of correcting a few things and doing some retraining and refinement of my processes. So I'm kind of looking forward to, you know, taking a step back for a second and reevaluating before I push again, going into quarter one. Um, which leads me to our next guest, as I said at the beginning, John Gorman, owner of Team Gorman. He has a few gyms he owns, uh, published author. I could go on and on and on about how good of a dude he is and how great of a husband and father he is, but um, I'm just going to spare all the words and just let him kind of tell you how his last seven days have been, and then we'll get into the questions that we've kind of prepared and want to bring to you about who John Gorman really is. 
Yeah, man. So uh, first of all, I appreciate being on the show. And as far as my last seven days, I don't think I'm going to have as exciting of an update as Mr. Jeffrey Sue over here with him getting his hair done and all that. But <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to, you know what? I'm glad you followed him because I didn't want to. I was like, dude, my, my life is not that exciting. So um, <laughs> in, in, all, in all honesty, though, you know, the last seven days for me has been pretty good. Um, I've had a really good string of clients hitting the stage really lean and they've been placing really well. Um, it just goes to speak. I, I've got some really good clients finishing up the year and they've placed really well and they've been on a pretty good win streak and that's led to more, you know, I know we're going to talk about marketing, but that's led to, and I'm sure all you guys know, every time we post client results, especially when they're shredded and they win or they do really well, you get a whole bunch of client inquiries. So uh, brought on four or five people this week, um, good people to finish up off season or finish up prep. Um, so it's just kind of been sporadic, not a lot of movement in gen pop. And I do know we're going to, Jeff, you mentioned, you know, before we started recording that we're going to talk a little bit about that. Not a lot of gen pop here recently, more bodybuilders, but that's just because most of my posts recently have been, Hey, my clients have done this show or that show. So it, it's been, uh, it's been pretty good. We do have the physique summit coming up October 12th and 13th. Um, you guys have all been, uh, Jason, you've been a part of it in some form or fashion, either Q and a or presenting literally for the last four years. So this is year five and that's coming up. We do still have tickets available to physiquesummit.com. We're going to shut those down about a week out. So I don't know when this will air, but if, if it's still open, you guys are still welcome to attend. Dude, it's it goes up tomorrow. And for everyone listening, man, we all support uh, what you're doing with the physique summit. I think we're all on the same page that through education and knowledge, there's knowledge, there's some empowerment that needs to happen. So if you guys are listening and you, and you all have uh, one a good weekend, St. Louis is an awesome city that's very, very hospitable. Um, I'm awesome. I love the Cardinals. Go see him. Jason will be there. I know Austin's going to be there. I know, I think Laura Conklin, Cliff, Wilson, yourself, and a few other speakers. So you got, you got a stacked lineup. So it's worth yeah. the money. I know my coaches enjoyed it last year and I know I've been for a few years. Um, I'm not making up this round cause I have clients at a show and one of them's like my brother, first time ever competing. So his right. mom can't be there. So I'm going to be there for him. So, um, but I know you'll put on a hell of a show like you always do and a lot yeah, of people the knowledge. So yeah. Totally. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a lot of fun too, because, you know, I'm going to present, I'll be the second one up, but then I, you know, I like to go early so I can sit back and kind of introduce everybody, but I like to, I like to learn like every single presentation I like to learn. And Jason, I know you're going to touch on insulin sensitivity and I know some people have No, this one will be stress induced metabolic compensation. Remember? Okay. That's right. We did yeah. change it. Sorry. I did insulin sensitivity uh, the last time I presented yeah, that was, so that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So um, I'm going to touch a little bit on that in my talk. It's more advanced, low-carb dieting, um, and I'll talk about resets and stuff like that. But I'm excited because a lot of the topics we're going to talk about is just some of this stuff. And you guys talked about a, a lot of it at, at, your, uh, at your seminar this past weekend. Those topics were outstanding. We're really trying to bring more topics that people, coaches need to understand that they're neglecting or they just don't know are that important. So, yeah, man, that's kind of my last week, you know, kind of wrapped up, just busy, busy. Completely, man. That sounds awesome, though. So, Jason, um, I know we were talking about the question so forth. You want to go ahead and kick this one off? Sure. Um, you know, to get just a little, I guess, background going on, John, and, you know, there's, there's so many ways um, – that you can get into coaching, you know, um, I think I've explained my way before, um, maybe episode one or two. Um, 
But I think it'd be interesting, John, if you shared how I know you did like some body for life stuff and then it just kind of parlayed. But uh, I think if you shared that with them, it would just give uh, people who are trying to still crack the code to get into coaching uh, another perspective. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I, I help a lot of new coaches and trainers all the time. And, and so I try and just relate what I've been through and kind of how I started as a personal trainer. So in 2007, dude, I was just fucking fat and I was tired of being fat. And I was always a big fan of Bill Phillips in EAS and they did body for life way back in the late nineties and all the way up until the mid two thousands. And I was just fascinated by Bill Phillips himself because, and, and that kind of goes with the podcast. You guys like to talk about successful coaches and business. I looked at Bill and not only did he have an amazing physique, the guy was a hell of a businessman. So I was always kind of fascinated by Bill. And that's actually what led me to Body for Life. Because I kind of wanted to be like Bill Phillips. I want to be successful and learn how to transform my body. So I successfully finally made it through 12 weeks. I remember that 12 weeks was hell. It was a motherfucker, right? And I finally made it through. And that was 2007. And I just got hired on as a trainer at a gym part-time. And what I did is I just started posting my pictures every four weeks. I, I, it wasn't this great marketing idea that I had. I just wanted to show people what I've done because that, that's the way I am. When I learn something, I like to tell everybody about it. I like to help people. I'm just, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. And I would post pictures every four weeks and, you know, I would only drop, you know, eight, nine, 10 pounds in a month, but that's actually great fat loss. And people started hitting me up. So the next thing you know, I, I went from having no clients or helping my friends to having three or four clients. And then that's when I really started to find bodybuilding. That's when I met a guy named Richard Plank. He put me on my first quote unquote bro diet, which was a great diet. And I started researching things on musculardevelopment.com. Jason, that's where you and I met. And man, back in the, prior to 2010, the message boards were awesome. And I know you guys talked about this on one of your first podcasts, but that's where I cut my teeth and I researched everything, everything that I could there. And that's when I got fascinated with bodybuilding. I thought, you know what? Body for life is cool, but it's kind of basic. So like, I want to go to the next level. I want to learn more about supplements. I want to learn about gear. I want to learn about natural preps. Like I wanted to learn about it all. So that, that's kind of what led me to that. And the next thing you know, I met Leslie, who's my wife now, and she was getting ready for show. Jason was helping me prep for a show. And Next thing you know, I start posting pictures on Facebook, right? The fucking unicorn that Facebook was in 2009. And I started posting pictures and just telling my story. Here's my diet. Here's my training. Here's my cardio. Here's my pics this week. And lo and behold, people start hitting me up. They're like, hey, will you help me get ready for a show? And, you know, we, a lot of new coaches just get shit because, you know, they get bashed for doing one show and then they start prepping clients. But holy fuck, like we all have to start somewhere. And that's where I started. So I started helping Leslie. I got a few clients under my belt and that's where it kind of really kicked off for me. But the whole base of what I'm trying to say is it's because I was passionate to learn more and to kind of share my story. And that to me was the ultimate marketing tool. I just didn't realize it at the time. Body for life was the first thing that I'd read to, uh, first time I saw my abs. And, um, because of that, I ended up helping like a couple of the football players, you know, at my college worked with like the, the main linebacker and things like that to get into better shape. And, you know, I was just applying the principles I, I learned from the book really, you know? Um, but from that little time on, it did the same to me. It kind of sparked that uh, desire to want to help people like change your physiques. I was like, man, this is kind of, this is kind of cool, you know? 
Yeah, I, you know what, man? I think, and I say this, I say this to a lot of people. I think that we started out um, in in a really good time era where the message boards are starting to fade and social media started to take off because. You know, I talk to a lot of new coaches now that are trying to start an Instagram page or they've had a Facebook page. And man, when you try and grow that shit now, it's just so suppressed because everyone out there has it. But when we got in and, you know, prior to 2010, all you had to do was post and put content out and your shit was growing like crazy. So becoming successful as a coach and a trainer is not just tied to work ethic and passion, but there's always going to be in business, there's always some part of that that's luck. And I just feel like I was lucky to be in that time frame with social media where it was and the message boards. Now, now with that being said, <clears throat> do you find that there is a difference in today's social media world and marketing to gym pop and competition clients? Because I know you said what you found in bodybuilding, but you've also done some really great work with gym pop clients, you know, hundreds of pounds off. I know that there's that one guy I met at a couple of your events now who um, you have a lot of pictures Jason, with. Jason Wells. Correct. Yeah. He does, he's done some awesome work, both of you guys have. But given that you talked about the suppression, which you would mean the algorithm of social media today is suppressing the content availability, <laughs> you think that that relates to a difference in marketing, how you would approach your marketing for gym pop versus competition clients if you were a coach out there trying to grow your business? Um, you know what, man, I think it's all in the same because here's what, here's where I know a lot of people are trying to, when they're trying to grow their business, I, I get new coaches tell me all the time, hey, I'm trying to grow my business, but my social media is really small or I'm not able to get out content on social media, but they're missing a huge, huge, huge component. And people that train people in person, they understand this word of mouth is how you grow a business, right? Like that's the main fucking thing. So Jason Wells will take him as an example. Yeah, the guy's lost 220 pounds and kept it off and he's just getting better and better and better every year. Um, someone like him, yeah, I can post a picture and I'll get, you know, four or five, six hits back of people that want to hire me. But do you know how many people have hired me just because they saw him in person in our gym and he's just talked to him and help him and he spread the word? Like to me, three quarters of all new clients should all be word of mouth. And I, and I, I will stand by that number. 75% of all new clients should I agree. be word of mouth. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to marketing and advertising, I still just post stuff on social, um, either client results or whether they've been on stage or someone like Jason that's lost weight, or maybe it's just the mom that lost 20 pounds and it's a good transformation. I still put that stuff out. I stay full with clients. But it's just something that I put out and I keep letting people know, hey, here's the type of clientele that I work with. It's not just bodybuilders. I like to help Gen Pop too because that to me, it's still a challenge, right? Getting someone shredded on stage with glutes, like that's definitely a challenge. But helping people overcome eating disorders, blood work, like fuck, they want to, you know, they want to look sexy in front of their wife. Like all that stuff is super important. So I, I like to do all, all, all of it. So I just post it up. And whether it brings clients or not, I don't worry about it because my clients in person are telling their friends about it. That's, that's the driver of business. Mine's the same way. Most of the times I get an email that says, hey, so-and-so told me about you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Very rarely is it, you know, there are times it says I've been following you on IG or social for a while, but I'd say like you said, 75% of the time it's, hey, someone told me to contact you. Right. Yeah, I agree with that on my end too. John, I have a question for you, and you can answer um, however deeply you wish or give a general answer. But so, in, so you've been coaching for how many years now, would you say? Um, I've been coaching people since 2007. Do you have since a team 12. coaches that like kind of work under you, or do you oversee all plans and the direction where things go? 
Yeah. So, you know, I've thought a lot about, and I didn't know you guys were going to ask this, but I've had to answer this before. And I thought, you know, how do I answer this without pissing off the coaches that I used to have work for me? But here's the thing. I'm a straight shooter. So I'm just going to go ahead and, and just lay this one out there because I'm not a fan of having other coaches work under me so much. Um, especially from a bodybuilding standpoint, because anytime we own our businesses, we have 110% passion for it. Like I will, I will drink these freaking white trash energy drinks and stay up till one or two in the morning and work on stuff because I'm passionate about right. it. And I used to feel like other coaches under me and I've had quite a few coaches work under me. They just didn't have that or they didn't answer their emails fast enough. And I'm, I'm super anal with that. Like I don't go to bed with an email in my inbox. Like I just answer my emails as fast as I can. Customer service is first. And I would get messages from my other coaches, clients here and there saying, Hey, it's been three days. My coach hasn't gotten back to me. And then I get fucking pissed because that represents me. It represents my company. And I thought, you know what? It's not worth the little bit of money that you're going to make, you know, whether you can look at them like they're affiliates if you want, you know, okay. if, if you're getting a 15% kickback or whatever the setup is to me, it's not worth the damage that it can do to your business. And to me, money isn't the most important thing in the world. I would rather just do all of our stuff in house with me and Leslie than have other coaches out there. And I know some of them are listening to this and they're like, well, fuck, is he talking about me? And I don't mean to downgrade them, but when they've gone and they've ran their own businesses, they've been more successful than when they were trying to work under me. Mm. I, I know maybe they got their start under me or it helped, but they didn't need that. They needed to be passionate about their business. So, and, and I don't fault them but when I used not, to run and go ahead. Do you not have an exit strategy then? You mean like, like if I have a coach that I don't like working with and I, I need to let them go? Well, no, like, you know, I would like to it someday, you know, groom, you know, I groom people, um, where at some point in time I would be able to say, Hey, here's all my business. Um, I'm going to keep 40%. You take 60, you're still going to make a damn great living. Um, and I'm, you know, I'll oversee it, but I'm basically quote unquote retired. Yeah. So I, I do have an extra strategy. You and I have kind of talked about this when I come and stayed at your house. Um, I, I know yours by the time you're 50, mine is similar I don't see myself giving up coaching anytime soon. You know, if I have a hundred clients now, which is about the average and that, that to me is pretty simple, pretty easy workload, a hundred clients, uh, you know, I might cut that down to 50 and still make pretty good income and, and, you know, raise my prices a little bit. But at some point I don't feel like I'm ever going to turn them over. I haven't thought that far ahead uh, because I just enjoy it so much. My, the money that I make by the time I'm 50 is all going to be predicated on some of the stuff we're going to talk about today with the books that I'm writing, the public speaking, um, selling these gems at some point, like there's, there's other ways that I'm going to, I'm going to make money. And some, I just can't talk about not to be, you know, too yeah. quiet on that, but I just can't talk. Jason, you know, some of them, yeah. I just can't talk about all of them. Um, but turning my clients over, I just don't, um, especially if it's going to be something that would reflect on me. I've got to be the one doing it. Maybe I'm a control freak, but I've got to be the one if it's got my name on it. Yep. I think we could all relate to that. Now, I do have a question for you. You have coaches in your gyms. Do you use, are they actual hourly employees or are they contractors and they just pay you per client or they pay you monthly? How do you kind of handle that? Yeah, man. So the two gyms that I own, I've got some amazing trainers there. And, you know, I, I would make more money if I kept like a percent split of the revenue, right? Like maybe 60, 40 or whatever gyms are doing these days. I don't do that. 
Um, they just pay me rent here. So the cost of living in Springfield, Missouri, Jason, it's actually lower than where you're at Kentucky, which you probably <laughs> didn't think was possible. I didn't. Um, we're, listen, I'm going to, by the time this is over, I'm going to get Sue to move out here. So he'll ditch that, that <laughs> New York, Massachusetts area where he's paying $200 for sushi and 2000 a month rent to move out here. But you know, my, my trainers pay low rent, you know, it's under 500 a month and they can make all the money they want. I don't have to mess with taxes. I don't have to mess with figuring out if they've got clients or not, or if they're having a slow month. Like I don't want anything. It's just straight profit if they pay me rent. So from a gym standpoint, that's what I do with my coaches. And it allow I want them to go make more money. I don't need more of that. I want them to be successful because the more clients they have, the more they're going to bring in, the more they're going to spread the word, the more the gym grows. So to me, it's kind of a win-win situation. And man, I've, when I used to manage gyms before I owned them back in 2010, we would go through so many trainers because in the personal training business, it's just people don't stick around very long because they're just not, they're not great with business. So the last thing I want to do is, is try and hang my hat on how much they're growing their business and what percentage of that. I just pay me my rent, do good by your clients and help grow the gym. And I'm good. Last thing now, passing on back to you guys real quick. With that being said, do you give the the trainers who pay you rent, do you give them leads or how does that work? Is it like an up system or something like that? Yeah. So in, in my gym, they've got, we've got like these cork boards, right? Big cork boards that they can hang all their flyers on their information, their client results, and they can advertise all they want through the gym. If they got some cool class coming up, they can, you know, post something on the bathroom doors as people are walking in just little stuff like that. My managers, um, Adam Twardowski and Jake Miller that run both my gyms, they are amazing. They're also both trainers themselves. They do a really good job. If someone comes in that needs some very, very specific training, or if they want a female over a male, he'll help send people to the right people. Or if there's two or three coaches, he might say, hey, go talk to all three of them, shop around, interview them and find who's good for you. So, or someone emails me, yeah, I'll definitely send them, I'll definitely send them their way. And, and I don't expect a kickback from them. That's, to me, that's just taking care of them and doing good business and vice versa. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. I've, I've really struggled with like what you said at the beginning about, you know, when it's yours, you have this unbridled passion, you know, like everyone who knows me kind of jokes, I'm like a little Nick Saban, you know, I could win a game 63 to three and still be pissed off my defense for letting a field goal happen. You know what I mean? Right. I'm trying to really work on that, but I just see, <clears throat> I think one thing that as a leader and a person who, you know, likes to see forward, I see so much potential in my coaches and I, I see so much squander and, and really good coaches in the social media world too. And it like hurts my heart a little bit because I want everyone to be better and to drive harder because there are more people out there who need help. So that's an interesting perspective. And I appreciate you answering that because that does help me kind of quantify how I need to reframe, reframe it, you know, to be able to kind of get to that next level of growth, which is gym number two, like you're obviously at. So thank you. Yeah. And you know, if just one final thing to say on that, you know, I, like I said, we have had coaches work for us and I know some of them are listening and they're probably like, fuck you Gorman at this point, but I've done the same thing whenever I used to manage these gyms and then I was starting my training business and it was exploding and I, and I had to leave. I told the owner, Monty, who's my mentor and my best friend, I said, Hey, listen, I'm not giving this the attention that I know I can because I don't own it. So it's time for me to step away. Not a lot of people will do that. And for some of my coaches that worked under me, it was time for them to step away and grow their own business. And, and a lot of them have been very successful. So it's not a knock on them. It's just the fact that you care more when it's yours. And I think some people just need to, they just need to make it theirs. 
question, Jeff, if that's okay, unless you have, yeah, yeah, chime in. I got all, I got, those, those were awesome answers. I was like, damn. Okay. Yes. Cause I had, I had um, sort of written down one question I wanted to ask, but now that we've gotten talking, I have all these organic thoughts kind of floating up in my mind now. So going back to what you were saying in the beginning, where you said you have around like that, that hundred client mark. I feel like a lot of us, you know, I think all of us here are either really close to that or beyond that hundred client mark. And be, being that coaching is sort of like the core of all of our businesses or was the core at one point, do you feel that, you know, that number is almost like that magical like unicorn number where once you hit that, it's going to be really, really hard to maintain that 100 or keep on growing it. And at that point, do you believe that it's time to diversify your business line? You know, like you have like the books, you know, you have the gyms, you have the seminars, all that kind of stuff. Do you feel that coaches should keep pursuing to increase that number? Or once you hit that, your goal is to stay there and then use that as a core to spread out other branches. And yeah, also a follow-up question is, at 100 clients, let's say on average, what do you think your engagement percentage is at that? Because I know mine, I'm around that number, but on average, I'd say 40% of my clients actually check in. The rest of them pay month to month and don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. So man, that's, that's a great question. Great question. So the first part is I I do think that hundred client mark for a lot of people, and it it all depends like how hard does somebody work? I work extremely hard. I'm very anal on my client check-ins. And so a hundred clients to me is actually pretty easy. Um, I don't, I don't worry too much. If I wanted to bump that up to 150, I could, it would just be longer on Mondays and Thursdays, which are my two check-in days for all my clients. I could bump it up to 150 and they wouldn't even know a difference. The problem then becomes if I just wanted to coach people, if that's all I wanted to do, how much do I want to spread my time out? So with me, coaching's cool, but I'm a business guy. Like that's my number one passionate passion is business, right? It's really, really hard to say that. And a lot of coaches are like, you don't love working with your clients more. Well, I do, but I'm a businessman. So if I have a hundred clients, just use that as an example, and I want to write a book and I want to speak at the physique summit or run that. And I, you know, I do four or five or six bodybuilding camps where I go around speak and I speak at colleges and do all that stuff. Plus I have two gyms. We have an apparel line that we launch stuff with. I mean, we've got all this different stuff. At some point, there's got to be, there's, there's a breaking point for everybody to where your engagement goes down. So that, that's your second question. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never let that suffer no matter what. And I've seen coaches become very popular, very successful, and they've got large social media followings. They had a large client base and they were doing real well. And the next thing you know is they get spread out into all these different areas and their client base is suffering and their client base starts to dwindle. And that's what gets you to the game. Like, I'm sorry, but that's the number one thing that can't be sacrificed. And coaches out there listening right now, please make sure you understand, never sacrifice what gets you to the game. So if you've got 100 clients and you want to write a book, I know we're going to talk about that or speak, make sure you do that, but that's your side That's your side gig. That's not your number one. Never let your clients down because it's all about building a circle. So if you have a circle of all your social media following, your friends and family, and then your clients, that's your circle that you're able to monetize with something like shirts or books or whatever. So that, that to me, that's the answer. My engagement does not go down. I've never really had more than like 110 clients at once, but I've never felt like my, my workload has gone down because I just sacrifice other things. I'm sorry. I'm just not going to be able to go do this, this or that if I have to work like that to me is always the number one. 
I, I meant not, not not so much that you're sacrificing. I meant that like if you have like that many clients, how many are actually like checking in with you and participating in the service? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, uh, you know, mine's pretty high. Um, my check in, my check in system I developed like four years ago, and this works. I help a lot of coaches set this up. I tell all my clients, I need you to check in with me on Monday and Thursday. Wake up in the morning, yes. send your weight, send me questions, right? And send that over to me. And then what that does is I have really long days on Mondays and Thursdays. And, you know, I might work 10 hours a day answering emails, but I also ask them to send me those by noon. So basically when I get up, I've got emails just coming in and I can usually be done by three o'clock, four o'clock, and I can head to the gym and then I'll pick up stragglers on Monday and Thursday evenings. So what that does is that frees up Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for me to work on any of the other stuff that I want to do, whether, and I travel a lot, like I said, to go speak, like it frees all that up. So the reason I laid that out is because that gets back to my check-ins. If I'm not getting check-ins from people, I, I won't chase people because when you've got a hundred clients, you, you can't chase people, but you do notice every once in a while. And if I'm sitting here at my computer, I'm like, fuck man, so-and-so hasn't checked in. I'll send right. them a real quick message. Right. But yeah. I tell, I tell them in their, in their forms that they get from me, it's, it's, it's a requirement that you check in with me on Mondays and Thursdays. If you don't, I can't coach you. I can't do my job. I can't, I can't keep up with everybody like that. So I'm I make so sure I communicate that. Lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. Are there clients that fall off? Yeah, but it's, it's going to be on them. You know, I try and do everything I can, but most people, they just fall off because they don't have what it fucking takes. Right. And that yeah. should We're never be on a coach. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm kind of bad with checking in with Jason, you know, yep. Jason and I text and we message every day. So <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, you know, you're a big, Hi, Jason. Boy. I don't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm with John. I mean, you're a big boy. I'm not gonna, you know, there's, there's occasions where, you know, if people miss and I recall it, you know, I might send out one email uh, the first time, but generally my thing is, you know, it's in my instructions. We're all adults. Um, you've paid for a service. I'm here to help. And I will reach out as soon as you, ask me a question or do your check-in, I, I will respond and, and help you. But if you're not doing your end, I really can't help you. I'm not a babysitting service. Right. Yeah. I mean, think, think about any other coach in any other profession. Like you have to show up to practice. You have to do your work outside of the gym. You have to go get your physicals. You have to do all that. If you don't, you're not part of the fucking team. So you know, I'm not that hardcore, but I, I lay it out. I'm like, guys, like I will work my ass off for you, but you got to do these minimum. And that's really minimal. If yep. you can't remember to check in, you, you know, you guys, I, I'd be curious to see your take on this. My clients that do the best, whether it's bodybuilding or just overall success, are always the people that are checking in on time. They're sending pictures like you ask them, you know, especially if they're bodybuilders, same, yep. um, same place, good lighting. Yep. You never have to chase them around. They're not scattered. And it's the clients that I never can get lean enough that, that step on stage. And I'm like, man, I wish I had four or five more pounds off of them. They're scattered. Their check-ins suck. Like they, 10 days go by and they're like, hey, I've been busy. Like those are the people that never get fucking lean enough. <laughs> and, and I used to lose sleep over that shit. I was like, why can't I get this person lean enough? But they can't even fucking check It's not your fault. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I hear you. I got a lot of that going on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, maybe, maybe I'm venting a little bit right now. So <laughs> I think all of us sort of vent that because we all want to help people so bad. Right. But it's like if they don't want to help themselves. Then my hands are tied, you know. But at the same time, it's hard because you can't grow your business when you don't have great transformations that you can 
show off your, your work and the client's work. So it's like a, yeah, kind of sucks, you know, you know, I will, I will answer the percentage question because I, I know this because when I wake up on a Monday, you know, all generally I'll have 80, 85 new emails out of a hundred people. So that, that's wow. probably that's, the amount of people that are checking in. So maybe that's really good. percent. Yeah. yeah. And, but here's the thing. I screen the shit out of my clients. I don't just uh, take everybody on. I screen them. Listen, if they don't count macros, if they don't know what they're currently eating, I just, I stay busy. So I don't have time to work with people that just don't understand the basics. There's other coaches out there and I'll refer them to other coaches, but I, I screen people. So they usually, most people are pretty advanced or they've been counting their calories and they understand my fitness pal, even if it's gen pop yeah. and I'll take those people on. I've, I've got a girl met, actually emailing right, right now. I've asked her for a diet three times and she won't even send me over what she's eating. Um, and I just don't have time for that kind of stuff. So I screen them and that no, I take on the, the beginners and I'll tell you a funny that. story real quick. I had a guy out in California on my plans. I say like, wait, weigh the meats raw. So I'd say <laughs> raw, you know, 200 grams. And I give them cooking instructions too. This guy legit, he ate raw chicken for two days and said, I can't do this raw diet. Anymore. Oh my God. And he miraculously, he didn't get sick. And I was like, are you shitting me? You ate raw chicken? <laughs> and then I have some people who weigh the bowl, like they weigh it on the scale and they're yeah. like, 30 grams of whey protein isn't that much. You don't need to speak right into the mic. Oops, sorry. Calm, calm down, calm down, let's back up. <laughs> let's not I'm make getting, this horrible for our listeners. I'm See how John up. sounds and I sound back up. All right, and there All right. you go. Back. The Michael picked it up. All right. No more carrots and treatments on ex excellent cartoons. No, man. I think it makes him brain dead. We talked about this for 20 minutes, didn't oh. we, at breakfast? Man, I just get so riled up over this stuff, though, you know? Hey, so, so yeah, you know, you know what's like going to happen? louder and louder. You know what's going to happen, right? We're all headed towards regulation like you guys were talking about a few podcasts back because you got Sue having motherfuckers eat raw chicken. And <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's fucking guys like Sue. <laughs> Thanks, Sue. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys on that one. You know, John, I'm gonna um Jason, you got anything you want to ask based on that? Or you want me to just fly into the public speaking? No, you can switch into books and public speaking, whatever you want to do. Yeah, so as you know, um well, I don't know if you know this or not, but this past Saturday, Sue and I spoke for the first time ever in like a uh the context of actually being paid to hear our thoughts and presentation on an educational subject. Um, I know there are many coaches out there who that's the ultimate goal because you want to be able to speak among your peer group. Um, you want that respect because it's kind of that arrival. Um, with public speaking, and you were, I want to give you a scenario. You're kind of, let's say, mid-tier coach and you're kind of trying to break through to that. Um, what would you kind of do and, and what did you do? Was there any parallel, I guess, you know? How would you kind of set it up and, and was it similar to, would you say the same advice, I guess, how you went the path and then what you would give someone today? Yeah, man. So I love this topic and I love that we're going to move to books too, because these to me are the two topics where coaches can make money on the side. They're the hardest, the two fucking hardest to do because one, we'll talk about writing books is just hard. It takes a lot of effort and most people just don't have that in them. Public speaking is scary as fuck. I mean, I know when you guys were up there this weekend, you probably had that feeling in the pit of your stomach, right? We all get it. Um, Jason, did you have that? I mean, you've been speaking now for well, a few years. Well, I always years, start out with it. I was sweating my ass off just because my anxiety was going. But like what I always do, I always give an intro about myself. And I mean, think about it. What do you know more the best than anything? You know the info about yourself. Right. So that usually like calms my voice, calms my nerves. That's my little thing. 
but yes, I was an anxious and Jeff even hit me up cause I was patting my leg the whole time during Jeff's. He's like, are you nervous? I'm like, yeah, I always am. I mean, it's just how it goes. Yeah. So that, and that's, that's a reason why a lot of people listening, they would love to speak, but a lot of people won't do it because it's just one of the hardest things. So I always tell myself, and, and I used to tell myself this back in the day when I started, this is how I would settle myself down. I would tell myself that feeling that you have right now in the pit of your stomach that just makes you be like, why the fuck am I about to do this? <laughs> it's that feeling. That's, that's the feeling of being alive. When you stop feeling that it just doesn't become fun. Um, you can still be good at it, but it's just not as fun. It's, it's kind of like when you coach your clients and they're up on stage in the overall and you're waiting for them to announce that winner and you first started out and your gut is just turning. Like when Leslie won her IFBB Pro Card, I thought I was going to fucking pass out. Like that kind of feeling makes it all worth it. So with public speaking, you know, I had a lot of that when I first went in. So the way that I got started was, you know, if anyone's been to college, you know, we do public, you, you have to present in front of a class and that sucks. There's 15 people there and you all think they're judging you, but that's the kind of stuff that primes you. But as a coach, what I did is I started doing body for life camps at the gyms in 2007, 2008. And I had like seven people show up and, you know, alluding back to what you said, Jason, I talked about what I knew and it was real basic. It was a bunch of people sitting around in a chair and I explained to them, you know, the palm fist method for proteins and carbs and the basic stuff. And I would tell them what was working for me. I never tried to speak on things that I wasn't an expert in because that's where you get tripped up and that's where you get fucked up, especially when people start asking you questions. It's real easy to see through um, bullshit if somebody's trying to fake it. So I started out real small scale. And then probably my first bodybuilding camp was like in 2011. I went up to Omaha, which is a great area to speak, by the way, if you guys go there. We, we did a camp up there and there was like 15 people at an NAMBF event, natural bodybuilding event. And I remember I talked about refeeds. And at the time I was doing all this crazy shit with refeeds. And I was so nervous, but I had to stick to what I knew. And what long story short is the more I talked in front of people, the better I got at it. But it always made sure that I stuck to what I know. Um, and then going on before the summit. So our first conference started in 2015. Man, I was nervous as hell for that one. So what I did leading up to it is I went around to the colleges and I found the exercise science departments and places like that. And I started actually speaking to college classes, like where I graduated from and the other colleges in the community. And that helped prime me and that helped me get me ready. So it's more of, it's like basketball, right? If you shoot free throws, you suck at free throws at first, but the more you do it, the better you get at it over time. And then you just keep practicing. It's the same with public speaking. You know, when you pair that with talking about what you know, and what you're an expert in, you're going to be okay. But you also need to embrace that feeling of anxiety because public speaking is the number one fear in the world. I say it every time I speak. I'm like, guys, what's the number one fear in the world? And everybody's like, public speaking. I'm like, guess what? I'm fucking nervous right now, even though I've done this 10 million times. It's a natural feeling. Yeah, I, I think what people should realize there is if you notice what he said, it, he basically created his own opportunities. No one asked him at first. He, he set up camps and started speaking and that's a resume builder. So, you know, I mean, if you're not being asked, set it up yourself. Yeah. But a lot of people, and like I said, that comes back to they're fucking scared to talk in front of people. So, you know, even the people that hustle and work, you know, you, you get in front of people, man, people start questioning themselves. So I really have a lot of respect, Jeff, for what you put together with your first one here this past weekend. And then, you know, you and I talked on the phone a little bit about, you know, what you guys were doing and other stuff. And 
like you told me, like you were nervous, but I knew you're going to get up there and crush it. And you probably felt really, really good when you got done. Right. Like you probably felt a fucking high, like you haven't felt normally. Right. I did. And it was on to put Jason on the spot, let him take over the show. So yeah, it was good, man. It was good sitting there. I feel like, you know, okay. I got past that hump. I didn't, you know, completely bomb it. I saw the, the room wasn't moving much. If the room's not moving much, you know, you have attention. Um, so that was good to know. Like I I didn't hear like rustling around or see phones come flying out. When I looked out, I saw eyeballs. I was like, Oh God, you're really looking at me. You know, like, yeah. And and you had a tough topic. Yeah. You had a tough topic that you and I talked about. Like to a lot of people, it's a boring topic, even though it's probably one of the most crucial topics that you can talk about. And so to, to deliver that and, you know, in front of a lot of people is tough. But you know, the other thing that I tell people is, man, you've just got to fucking practice. I mean, that's just it. Like you've got to practice. So go out and create those opportunities. Sit around. If you're a bodybuilding coach, sit around at a camp, right? Have 20 people there and sit around, talk about training, talk about cardio, talk about what you should and shouldn't do. Talk about mistakes, talk about the easy stuff and just practice. That's it. That's awesome advice for anyone up and coming, especially if you guys got gyms where you guys can do that. I know that um, we're going to switch gears off that for a second. Sue actually had a really cool question that I actually do not know anything about his question he wanted to ask you. So you want to fire that off? Yeah, it was about um, your, your public speaking events and how you um, came to, to sort of monetize that over time. And I guess, so to expand on that, um, you know, you talked briefly about your marketing strategy was just, just showing off like, you know, your own work and just sharing your knowledge. Has that sort of evolved over time? Because I know, like for myself, like I try to do a couple of things, education, motivation, and then what I call transformation, right? So hit them with like these three things and kind of put that on rotation. Do you have some sort of, some sort of like philosophy like that? And what did you learn, you know, after doing your first physique summit? You know, how did you like go from there? What did you do wrong? What did you do right? How has it become this successful thing that it is today after that very first one? Yeah. So you may have to come back and remind me of the second question. So the first one is as far as like putting out content and the physique summit and speaking over the years on Facebook, I, I've always been that guy that puts out a lot of content for free. I don't care if people know my quote unquote secrets because in real, in reality, we all know there's no fucking secrets. There's my way that I like to do things and there's Jason's way. And like, we've all got our own ways and like, here's our little tweaks on it. So I just, I like to help people like that's it. And when you constantly put out good information, that's just out there to help people. You're not trying to monetize it. You're not doing anything like that. You show what your knowledge is. So there's a bonus you're helping people. So then you create loyalty, right? So over, you know, from 2010 to 2015, I was constantly posting all this different stuff, helping people like, here's what I'm learning about refeeds. Here's, here's what I've learned about hit versus steady state cardio and why that's changed this year versus last, like all these different things. And when you put that content out, people understand that you do know what you're talking about, but then they become loyal because you've helped them. I can't tell you how many messages I've got. Like John, thank you so much for putting out this, this, this content. It's helped me. Right. So then when it comes time for public speaking or the summit, those people want to hear, want to show up to hear you speak and give a PowerPoint presentation because that's kind of the next level. And that's what the physique summit was. It's, it's a, it's not a camp. It's not a bodybuilding camp. It's a bodybuilding conference. Very, very specific, the next level. And I don't know of anyone else whenever Cliff and I started that's, that's ever done an actual bodybuilding conference with CEUs from every organization. They all award organizations. Um, 
that's been just bodybuilding. So it's all based on the content that people put out. So when you look at some of the speakers that we get, I don't really give a shit about how big of a following someone has. I care about how well they're going to educate people because that that's what's going to happen. So it say this last physique summit conference, right? We had so much good information that was put out. When you take care of those 150 people that were in the room, they're going to come back. They're going to tell their friends, right? So it's, it comes back to your speakers have to be really good at putting out content leading up to give people a reason to give a shit about hearing about them. Because if I go pay for, you know, XYZ IFBB pro because they have a big name, but I know they're going to get up there and fuck up their presentation because they're, they're a hundred percent bro. And I'm, I'm half bro. So I'm okay with some bro, but they're a hundred percent fish and rice only or fish and asparagus. Like they're not going to fit the bill. They're not going to help me grow it the next year. So that's why we've got people like Jason and Cliff and you know, that's how I keep that core. So that's what's helped me keep it growing every year. Okay. Fair enough. Very interesting. Is that so from putting out all the, the information, the education, the knowledge kind of what your, your cornerstone sounds like of how you, you know, approach your business, your cornerstone on those two. Is that what led you into writing books? Um, yeah, it has. So I thought about, you know, I've got all this information in my head. It's all predicated on what I've learned over the years. Basically, what have I fucked up and how have I learned how to fix it? That's basically my story as a coach. That's how I educate people. Like, here's how I fucked up people's metabolism. Here's how I learned how to correct it. I'm going to write a book. So that was my book, first book, Metabolic Capacity and Reverse Dieting. Um, and it was just a continuation of putting content. I was already putting it out on social. Now I just thought, you know what, I'm going to put this into a book format and not, not just an ebook because we see a lot of people, they just release um, ebooks here and there and those are fine. But I wanted to actually have a physical copy because when I would poll people, most people said they wanted a physical copy. So I thought, well, I'm not just going to do an ebook. I'm going to do a hard copy. So basically I just took the things that I was learning at the time presenting on and I put it all in a book format. So my three books are the first one's metabolic capacity and reverse dieting. The second one's a complete, transformation book called the flexible fat loss solution. It, it basically tells people how to carb cycle, do refeeds, and then how to reverse diet when they're done to keep the fat off. It, it's mostly a gen pop, more of a lifestyle type plan than it is anything else. And then my third book just came out um, two and a half months ago. It's called ask a diet coach, which is a video show that I do on YouTube. And it literally is all Q and a with seven chapters and there's 12 questions per chapter. So they're like, there's a bodybuilding chapter. There's a fat loss chapter. There's a supplement chapter. There's a business chapter. And that's been a really fun book. And a lot of people have gotten feedback from, but I'm sitting here thinking I'm answering all these questions all the time, whether it's at the summit with the Q and A's that we do at the end of each day or ask a diet coach that's on YouTube or just answering questions on Instagram. It doesn't matter why don't I put some of these really, really fucking good ones in a book? And man, that was the most fun book that I, that I ever wrote because think about it, guys, like that's all of our wheelhouse. Like you're just answering questions. I'm not linking a bunch of research to them. Like I, I don't have to because I'm confident in my answers and I've gotten more feedback off that book than I have any of the other books to date. Can you, do you mind, and if, if you don't want to share it, that's totally fine. Do you mind sharing kind of the money it. side of it? Sure. No, I, I actually, I don't mind this at all because, um, one, I used to be nervous. And then when I hear people talk about money, like you guys did a really good job um, the last few podcasts, especially when Meadows was on here. That was a nice eye opener. I, I, I think people respect that. No one's going to hold it against us. I don't, I don't have 
baby mama coming after me for more child support or anything like that. So like, I'm not worried about that. I'm good with talking about any of that stuff. So except for my gyms, that's the one thing I, I don't, I don't want to talk about that um, yep. because it's just not. So if, if, if you guys wrote a book right now, Jason, we'll just use you as an example. If you want to write a book on anything, pick the topic. You can self-publish it through, um, through Kindle, right? Through Amazon. And it's easy. All you have to do is, is write it out into a Microsoft Word document, have somebody create the cover for the book. And that's what Leslie, who's sitting here by me, she's a graphic design artist. She creates all the covers for the book. But it's really that easy. And you upload it. And Amazon starts printing it as people order it. So I'll give you an idea of what each book costs. My books are two to 300 pages and it costs me about three to three and a half dollars per book shipped on my end. And I sell them. I, I'm not one of these guys that are going to mark my books up like 60 fucking dollars. I know there are people out there that do that, you know, unless it's Scott Stevenson who, who his contest prep book, I think is like a hundred bucks. The damn thing is like a, is like a, a college textbook. Like it should be that much. My books aren't, they're paperback and I'll charge 17 to $20 per book. And what happens is, so Jason, if somebody goes on and buys your new book and it sells for 20 bucks, um, you're going to get back $8 and 50 cents from Amazon. Basically on average, you're going to make that profit. Amazon prints it. They ship it. It's hand free. You don't have to touch anything, which is nice for guys like us because we don't have to fuck with shipping. So if you start to do the math, if you sell a hundred books a month and you're making $8 and 50 cents per book and it's hands free, you just post a little bit on social here or there. You share on stories, which helps. And then word of mouth when the book's really good, then you can start to do the math on, man, a book can actually do really well. I think what a lot of people miss is the fact that, you know, in 2007, I wanted to write a book. I just wasn't ready. People need to get to the point where they're fucking ready and they've got all the information. Then you sit down for three months, four months, five months. It depends on your work, you know, how fast you work. And you write that out and you make it really, really good. When it's good, word of mouth is going to spread and it's going to continue. I, I don't hardly post anything. I, I'll tell you guys what I make a month right now on three books. I don't care. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm curious. I think the listeners probably are. Yeah. So when I, you know, when I released Ask the Diet Coach, um, and I don't know how many books sold, I could reverse the math and figure it out. Right. But I know from my average, you know, eBooks, you make about six fifty a book, uh, paperbacks, you make about eight fifty a book. Just on average, I made close to, to three grand net in mm -hmm. my pocket um, a few months ago. And that was with the launch of the new one. Mm -hmm. So anytime you launch one book, it will, the others will pick up because you get new readers sure. and it's like books also by John yes. Foreman. Yep. Um, or you have past readers that when you announce on social, they're like, Oh shit, Gorman's got a new book. I'm going to go buy that one too. So you've got a loyal following. Um, so, you know, it was somewhere around three grand net that last mm -hmm. month and it starts to taper off. But right now, um, I'm averaging anywhere from a thousand to 1500 a month without me having to do anything, anything, just, yeah, just straight I mean, all passive income. It's a hundred percent. You know, yep. like I said, I'll share on stories when somebody gets a book, and they'll post it on stories. Hey, love and ask a diet coach. I'll share it on there. I'll ask yep. them to leave me a review. Ask them if they have questions. Let me know. I'll answer them. Um, and that's just the kind of stuff that drives that drives it. So, I mean, if you're looking at $1,500 average a month for not having to do anything. Now, I could make more. I could go out and I could pay somebody to run these huge marketing campaigns and all that. Um, it's just not something I have the time to go find the right person to do. Yep. And 
you know, I can buy them myself. I'll, so at the physique summit, I'll have a table set up and I'll sell them for, you know, however much money, 20 bucks a book. And they cost me three fifty. So if you want to order a box of your own books and like at the, the education collective that you guys were just at, you could have sold books there. Right. So then you're going to make what 1650 a book and you might sell 25 books. Like yep. Leslie can sh- package them up and ship like with your site, especially you could release your own book and, and it could ship out that way too. Plus you could have Amazon. You could hit it from all different angles. Yeah. I mean, I could buy them for three fifty, and here's my book on scoobyprep.com and just have it sold. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Just have somebody who's going to ship it and all that stuff. So, you know, shipping on those average, Leslie, what are we, four bucks, probably a book when you ship one book. Yeah. Three to four bucks. She just said, so you're looking at, you know, seven fifty on average in a book. So you're going to make 1250 a book yeah. after shipping. Yep. Yeah. Good deal. Okay. You, we kind of need to start circling this up. So I want to go ahead and ask Sue, do you have a final question? Maybe ask Mr. John why he's here with us. I do. I do. So, you know, you, you obviously have all these, all these businesses going on, you know, that, that have to do with your, your fitness uh, coaching and everything like that. But in terms of coaching alone, right. Do you believe that there is a lifespan to a coach, a lifespan in terms of relevancy, especially in today's world where social media sort of, will will propel people a lot like i can i can attest that i would not have grown as fast as i have in the last six years without social media because i know jason and yourself started off on the message boards which i was on too because you know i'm 35 so i started posting on bodybuilding.com in high school i think in the late 90s 2001 right and if i only had that i would not be at my client load in this time frame and so as quickly as people can enter this arena, I would say people can exit real quick too. I've seen a lot of people just drop off and for whatever reason. So do you believe that there is a, a set expiration date, no matter how good you are, or if that expiry date is even sooner if you suck? <laughs> I, well, I think it's definitely sooner if you suck. And I think it's sooner if you're closed-minded and you're not opening to learning. Because here's the thing. We can all look back, like all four of us right now. Look at the way we did shit in 2010. I mean, fuck, Jason, you did my prep in 2009. Look at the way you prepped me in 2009, 2010. Look at the way you you do peak weeks. I mean, any of it. Like, dude, it's all fucking different. Peak weeks so different now. Yeah. I mean, and and even the approaches to prep, like all that stuff. So I, I think when I look back at my friends that are coaches that are no longer coaches now, um, they quit being interested in learning. They quit thinking about learning outside the box. So that's why I think things like these conferences or watching YouTube or listening to these podcasts. I know so many people, you know, Cliff and I were just having this conversation because he cones the physique summit with me. And I'm like, dude, we know we have a bunch of friends that are fucking coaches that have a lot of clients that are into bodybuilding. They live right here in our area. Why don't they come to our physique summit? Because in some of them, I, I know they, they can be a little bit better. We can all be better. But my point is, I just don't see a lot of them. And I, I said, dude, what do we got to do? And, you know, I think it just comes down to, I don't think people are as open-minded to learning as they could be. And it's those people that are kind of, you know, above, a little bit above average that could be great if they would just continue to learn. They're just not open-minded to it. So I've seen a lot of coaches over the years just kind of disappear you know, when they're still writing the same bro diets and stuff like that, you know, after 2010, that kind of went away. And then you've got all these people letting, you know, and I'm, I'm one of the guys, unfortunately, that was like, fuck it, eat whatever you want, track your macros. Right now I've changed my stance on that, but I'm constantly trying to change. And I think the people that stay up with that, 
I think you will always stay relevant. But I think more important than any of that, it comes down to your client base. How you treat your client base is going to depend on how many people they tell, how they spread word of mouth. And to me, it can become infinite because here's the thing. If I want to be 75 years old and not go into shows all the time with my clients and stuff like that, as long as I'm taking, there's going to be a client base out there for me. There's going to be seven year olds that want to fucking be in shape. Well, fuck it. I'll write their diet for them. As long as I take care of them, they're going to spread the word for me. And too many people are worried about other things. They, they have at the base of everything is your client base and how you treat them and word of mouth. So to me, Jeff, to answer your question, I think it's infinite. So I have a, I have a parting question. Is that cool? Or do we need to wrap it up? No, you get, yes, here's that. I got something. I'm ask. Okay. So John, what was your biggest like coaching blunder or slash like trend you stuck with? And then what was like a cool aha moment? Like, damn, that really works. And you see it continually work with clients. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to go the bodybuilding route with this. Um, okay. The biggest changing point for me with anybody was flexible dieting. Okay. But not the abuse of flexible dieting. So I, I don't, dude, I don't think we need to talk about flexible dieting. I fucking hate talking about it anymore. But I, I think getting away from just eating bodybuilding foods was good for a lot of my gen pop clients. Yeah. Um, but as far as the biggest aha moment that I had with bodybuilders was really what I have them do the day of the show because I have been through all kinds of different ways. I think we all have where, you know, I'm tapering the water off on Thursday, Friday and none on Saturday and they're flat as fuck and I'm pulling salt doing all this stuff. This protocol that I have now where I load somebody, maybe it's a Thursday, right? And then they take Friday off cortisol drops. You up their fats to help hold the carb load a little bit and you let them chill out mm -hmm. and relax and they sharpen up, but they're still carved up. And then I have them wake up and I test that right leading up into peak week. So I know when to load somebody, how much, what foods to use. And then I give them Friday off. They go get tanned and checked in and they're chilled out. They're not worried about waking up fucking five in the morning and doing this high circuit workout so they can carb load that day. So they've got Friday off and then Saturday I'll have them wake up usually, you know, four or five, six hours before their, their stage time, depending on who they are when they go on. And I'll start loading them on very high glycemic carbs, but not a ton, just stuff that I know is going to get through digestion fast, like kid cereal, right? And you don't have to sit there and hold water for it to digest stuff like sweet potato rice. And it's small on their stomach, right? So normally, like if I have a guy hitting the stage, he might have 40 or 50 carbs at three meals, all cereal and whey protein, you know, something like a natural whey protein. Um, Jason, your brand makes a good one. First horns guy, natural one. I trust that whey protein, um, but stuff that's real small in the stomach and it gets stored in as glycogen really fast. And then about 20 minutes before stage, I'll have them add dextrose to a Gatorade. Mm, we talked about that. Yeah. Extra salt. Yeah. And what people don't realize is, you know, a lot of people are trying to eat candy and fucking syrup or like, pound of Snickers. I've watched guys walk out on stage still chewing a Snickers up. Like that motherfucker's not even in your system for another no. minutes, right? Yeah. So I have people take a 20 ounce Gatorade, add dextrose because dextrose literally bypasses digestion and you're pumping it into the muscle when you're sitting there pumping up plus the extra sea salt, like a quarter teaspoon of yep. sea salt. And I, man, I have tried, so that's like 65 carbs for most people to pump on. I have tried to spill somebody. I took Logan Sheehan and loaded him on a hundred carbs, a fucking tablespoon of salt. And I just want to see what would happen in that 45 minute time frame. Mm -hmm. He just got freakier. It's kind of that, 
I found a way to replicate that look when you're shredded and you sit around and start eating shit food. You look down yeah. and you're like, holy fuck, I'm filling out fast. I do that and it's a safer look. I just not a big fan. Uh, so going back to my mistake, that was, that was the biggest aha moment. Going back to my mistake was trying to load the shit out of people on Fridays. Like I know there are people, Cliff's my best friend. Like he does that all the time. He's got this way that works. I see too many people that are a little filmy. Still a little have a little watery. film. Unless you're a true ectomorph, I don't do it anymore. I've moved mezzos and endos to Thursday. It's, yep, it just too. doesn't work. Now, if you're a true ectomorph, I have no problem loading them on Friday still. I think yeah. I still load Sue on Fridays. Yeah, we use the glucometer, though, to check the yeah, blood. We do. We do. But, I mean, Jeff, Jeff looks more mezzo now because we built muscle on him, but he was a true <laughs> ectomorph just like myself. Was, you yeah. load me on Friday. What did I? Well, we well, we've talked about we might not like that anymore. Remember, because your stomach. We yeah, talked big, about not being able to get enough in, so we've talked about changing that. Yeah, yeah. true. The biggest thing is me trying to always make weight because I got sucked down into one fifty four like that. But also your stomach. Remember, it was like yeah. we had to keep watching that, and I'm like, dude, I need to get more food in you, but your belly's not pulling in. So we talked yeah. about moving you to Thursday, and I think it probably would be a better idea. And then we get like John said, a lot of fast acting in with you on Friday morning. That's or Saturday morning. That's mostly liquid and just shit that goes real quick yeah and that that's the other thing you're talking about stomach um man when you load the shit out of somebody on a friday i've had too many clients that have all kinds of issues either bloated stomach on saturday the morning of the show or some of them get massive diarrhea and that's the last thing that you want to have to deal with as a coach or an athlete oh yeah so electrolytes are just going biggest, out the window yeah and like so that's been the biggest the biggest fix and you know i, I take pride in my clients not really ever being spilled anymore because I'm always take, I always, I tell people, listen, if you're 90% full, you can't tell a big difference between 90% or hundred percent. But if you go over hundred percent, you're fucked. Like you have to yeah. spend time like clean and there's all kinds of ways to clean it up. And this is the podcast for that. But yeah. I just, that's been the best approach for me and my clients have done really well. So that's, uh, you know, I refine it every year and that's, that's the key is, is yeah. keep finding little, you know, ways 100%. Yeah, no, I like it. Cool. I'm done. All right. Well, the last question I have is actually our first question that I've ever got for the podcast. Um, besides, like personal ones to answer, but this one comes from Jason's client, EA Fit Twenty Four. Um, wanted to know what education, training, cert courses, or nutrition would we recommend to gain knowledge and advance your business to maybe one day become online or just larger based in small town? I figure John says you're from Springfield, Missouri and Jason, you're from little Kentucky. Independence. Yeah. You guys can answer this, but I'm going to say before you even get into any, I, I just want to chime in before you get into all that, you first off have to like being your own boss and you have to have some discipline about being willing to work a routine the same day every day a grind if you don't like that you will not be a successful coach it doesn't matter what certs you have it doesn't matter how good you're you are on the ig if you don't have the discipline to a schedule and the ability to just grind on the days you don't want to you will not go far as where you probably want to so that'd be my base but with you two uh country bumpkins i figured i would ask you guys uh i would figure i'd ask you guys that question john you want to go first you want me no, it's, I'll take it. Um, okay. You know, so I, I might get a little bit of shit for this, but it's okay. You, you know what, Jason, I'm going to use you as you and I as an example because okay. I just know, I know our story so well. I, I asked somebody this at a conference not long ago. I was like, how many people here know, we'll, we'll talk about degrees and certification stuff. I, I asked the whole room, there's like 200 people. How many people here know what a degree I have? Nobody fucking raised their hand. I was like, how many people here know I'd fucking dropped out of high school for a year? 
no, because I did. Nobody raised their hand. Jason, I used you as an example. You just weren't there, so you don't know it until now. I said, <laughs> how many people know what Jason Theobald did for the last, you know, however many years before he was a full-time coach? Yep. Nobody fucking raised their hand, right? Here's the thing. In this day and age, I, I, whenever I hire trainers or whenever I refer people to other coaches and trainers, I always tell them, I don't really care what certification somebody has. I don't care what degree someone has. And obviously, you guys don't care what any of us have. You don't even care I was a fucking high school dropout. So with that being said, don't put so much stock into education. I'm not saying college education is not important or certification courses aren't important. But if it's going to cause you to go into debt, this day and age, things are so different because look at the podcast we're doing right now. Look at the TNT podcast that, that I used to run, which is about, I'm about to exit. Jason, you and I are about to start a new podcast. We can't say the name for it now, but it's going to start up this fall and it's going to be a beast. Like there's going to be a lot of stuff that's there for coaches and trainers to go learn from. So my point is with YouTube, podcasts, articles, that's how you can go learn from the top guys in the industry. I do all the time. I'm constantly listening to podcasts. I love this podcast. I'm constantly listening. That's how you go learn because we're the ones putting out stuff that shows you in the trenches. Here's what we do. And we're putting it out in this, in this fashion. Here's what we could do. Go take this information, try it, see what you think. Maybe you need to tweak it a little bit and learn from it. So the only thing is, is at some point though, there are certain certification courses that are going to help people get better. I'm actually going to take the one, Jason, that you took last year. It's up in Minnesota. Yep. Um, I think it's with Nutridyne because I want it's, to learn more. It's about hosted by Nutridyne at a um, chiropractic college. Yep. Right. So that to me, so a guy like me, I've watched you take your game to the next level and I'm a competitive guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I need, I need to learn more. Like I need to get that edge because most coaches aren't going out there learning that kind of stuff. So that certification course is like 800 bucks. It's four months long on weekends. I'm going to go fucking do that. So at some point there is some courses out there like that, that I think are better. You're in a big benefit too, because you're going to hear my talk on, you know, stress induced metabolic compensation and all the hormones and things. And even though my talk might not put it all together for you, once you then go listen to that for four, you know, four weekends, I think it'll put the whole picture together for you. Right. So I think it's happening in good stages for you. Yeah. And, And I know that, you know, you guys talked about it. Um, regulation is fucking coming. So I think, you know, at some point I want to be able to offer a system, right? Some, somewhere down the road of people to be able to have either continue education or courses, whether it's through the physique summit or something else that I start, but that's a platform that I want to start later down the road where you have a bunch of different coaches that are putting out content that people can, you know, it's kind of similar to Meadows um, paid site, right? That's a great example of where you can go get more information. I'd like to do that, but more of in the style of the physique summit or kind of the topics that we're going to cover Jason on our new podcast coming out. So I I think when you look to stuff that's coming down the road, um, I think that's a good way to go get education. Yeah, I think he made really good points um, about, you know, there's not a ton of certs that will teach you to be a, you know, a prep coach. There are a few, you know, uh, there's NCI out there. Um, there's one out of Canada, John Berardi's group. I haven't taken any of them, so I don't know what they're offering. Um, I do offer a mentorship, um, you know, where you work with me for like eight months. I teach you everything I know. I Skype with you. I set up classes. I give you homework. You report back to me with your homework. I tell you what's right. I tell you what's wrong. Um, so, so there are some coaches offering some of that. Um, I only take a select few each time, but you know, when I was cutting my teeth, 
I read Aceto's books. There's like championship bodybuilding. And, you know, that gives you some nice uh, info about nutrition and setting up diets. Um, I did a lot of message board reading, a lot. And I would, it wasn't too hard to figure out who was intelligent and who wasn't. And then I would go and try it and I would try it on myself. Um, so, you know, I have an AFPA nutrition consultant, um, certificate, um, sat for the test, passed it, all that, but it's very basic. It's not about like how to manipulate a diet to get someone, you know, from A to B. It's not really like that. Um, the course that I took with, uh, John's talking about, it was called the 48 hour nutrition course. Um, Nutridyne hosts it. They touch on like inflammation, hormones, how to read blood work, inflammation, gut health, how to run SIBO protocols, fix PCOS, just different things. Um, they're really cool. It's taught by a doctor. So, you know, there's a lot of different things out there, but I'm with John. Like, I don't know that like, you know, a, a degree from, you know, XYZ university is necessary. And I know like registered dietitians, I've worked with a ton of them because they aren't taught this type of coaching. Um, so I think you're better off. Like, like John said, YouTube, um, find people that you trust and, and watch their YouTube vids, watch their IG stories. All those different things are the way to go. There, there is one, there was, there is one exception. I just thought about this. So a good friend of mine, Dr. Bill Campbell runs the human performance lab at university of South Florida in Tampa, USF. Um, I've guest lectured there a couple of times along with Leslie and they've got a bodybuilding club there. But they've actually started to put together, and I think it's now official. And I'm sorry, Bill, if you're listening. Lauren Conlon's been part of it to help. I'm sorry if I butcher it. I don't know the name. But it's literally a degree that someone can go get to be a coach. So the really? University of South Florida, look up Dr. Bill Campbell on Instagram. He has a really good Instagram page. One of the great guys out there. I actually was involved in some research where I wrote the diets on refeeds. Um, and working with them was just awesome. So if people are interested in that, I would reach out to Dr. Bill Campbell. Is that Tampa's a four-year four year degree or an associate's? Man, I, I don't want to fuck it up if I start talking about details because I don't know. Okay, I that's fair. That he has now. Yep. He has some kind of a program, but I'm afraid I'm going to say something that's not yep, accurate. that's fair. So real quick, would you say, Jason, then – was that Nutridyne kind of like you kind of getting into the functional medicine yes. was that kind of where yes. really like Pandora's box exploded to you? Correct. Well, okay. So the, the where it really did was when uh, two Octobers ago, I went to the Great Lakes Conference hosted by Nutridyne um, in Minnesota. And that was a weekend of just like functional medicine practitioners speaking. And they were going over things like hormones and just, touching on topics that like, I'm like, shit, this is applicable to bodybuilding. And Vince looks at me. He's like, yeah, dude, why do you think I wanted you to come? Like, it's completely applicable. And I'm like, and that was like my aha moment. Like, okay, well I need to learn this shit and I need to learn this ASAP. I need to stop being part of only the problem because you can diet someone as smart as you want. And if they have tons of stress in their life and the stress of the diet, a lot of these people get stuck in, you know, where their hormones won't bounce back. So reverse dieting just doesn't work. And that's what my talk is going to be at the physique summit. Um, so yeah, all that started to like come together where I'm like, look, I, okay, so I can drive someone into the ground, even though I've done everything right, but now I can fix them. And now it's like to the point where like Vince and I like bounce ideas off. Like, how can we prevent this? How can we set up the prep? Like putting Chase Berry in from the beginning, keeping progesterone up, keeping cortisol low. So it's not robbing from progesterone, not rob making them estrogen dominant, all these things. Now we're into the point where we are trying to like even prevent it from even happening with certain supplementation and, 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 you know, how you run your cardio, et cetera, et cetera. So 
the Great Lakes Conference, I recommend. I'm going to go again in October. That's a weekend thing. That got my like juices for it flowing. And then I took that course. Um, and then, of course, Vince has kind of mentored me. I've always been able to ask him questions. And Vince is my business partner for anyone who's listening to us uh, right now. He's part owner in New Ethics. Um, so, yes, Great Lakes Conference and then that 48-hour nutrition course put a lot of it together for me. Awesome. Well, thank you for that. Well, John, man, I really want to thank you for your time today for answering, you know, our questions we had, which I think were a little different than what you've probably been asked all about, you know, no pro stuff too much, no carb cycling and how you get someone shredded. But um, thank you again for all the work you're doing out there and what you're doing with other coaches and helping us spread the word about what we're doing as well. You know, if you want real quick, can you plug the podcast you have? And then can you plug um, the physique summit again? So that way everyone can get that information to go. Yeah. So my web guy's working on, Jason and I have two different titles for this podcast. So I, I don't want to say because it's not ready, but he's working on there. one right now. But if, if you want to just keep an eye on, on my Instagram or Jason's, I'm at mm -hmm. team underscore Gorman. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, but watch, Jason and I will announce things. It'll, it'll be later this fall. I've got to wrap up things with the TNT podcast at First Form. I'm um, not able to drive up there like I was all the time. It's a three and a half hour trip. I mean, fuck, I did that for like three years. So we're going to kind of put a bow on that from my end. Um, I don't know if they're going to take it and keep running with it. It doesn't matter. But Jason and I will have one coming soon this fall. And then the Physique Summit, like I said, it's October 12th and 13th. We do have one super VIP ticket available. Um, those are like $4.99, but you get all kinds of cool shit. You get to train with like Jason, for example, I've got, I've actually got a, a really good IFBB pro girl training with you, Jason. Cool. We do have another spot open for that. Tickets are $1.99. You get CEUs, you get six presentations, Q and a on, um, Saturday and Sunday catered lunch. And it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of us, right? We're all bodybuilders. Mm -hmm. Like this is a bodybuilding conference. You're not going to come here. Hey, this is what a protein does. This is what a carb does. This is what a fat is. It's not that it's things like metabolic compensation, advanced, low carb dieting. Cliff's going to talk about coaching through the lens and he's going to give a wide range of examples of all the different clients that he's had, like low carb, high carb and what he's done. And that one's going to be really good. Paul Ravelli is going to be there. He's going to talk from the business standpoint. We always have one business talk every year and Paul is great. He's, he's got multiple businesses. The guy does really, really well. He's going to talk from the business standpoint. Lauren Conlon's going to be there. She's going to talk about advanced coaching strategies and Pete Fitchin is going to kick it off for us. And he wrote the, uh, the book bodybuilding with Cliff Wilson. He's going to talk about the truth about calories in calories out because when people hear that, they're going to think, well, that's going to be a boring talk. Actually, it's not because him and I have talked about this. He's going to talk about recomping. He's going to talk about the research that's out there and some of the cool stuff. And I'm not, I'm going to try not to open a can of worms here, but think about it, guys. If, if we put someone on 2,500 calories and they're eating high protein, lower carbs, moderate fats versus low protein, high carbs, moderate fats, like there's a different calories aren't just calories, right? Yep. So he's going to, yep. from a bodybuilding standpoint, he's going to break it down and show the research. So it's a lot of talks like that. And, and, and I'm sorry, I can talk about it all day long. I'm just passionate about it because it's Jason, as you can attest and well, all you guys can, it's a fun weekend. Yep. 100%. Yeah, no, it's always a great time. I enjoy St. Louis. I was actually up there not this past week and the weekend before for our Cardinals game. I snuck away and had awesome seats and just the city of St. Louis is just so friendly, so hospitable. Um, yeah, it's 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 there. a good location. It's physiquesummit.com. Tickets will be up until about a week out. Then I got to shut it down. Awesome. Well, guys, I want to thank you all for your time again. Um, next week, we actually 
are going to be picking a probably pretty cool topic among us throughout the rest of the week. So that's AKA we haven't really discussed it yet because nope. we stay tuned. <laughs> we'll have one. I, I say we do modern hair trends in the American male. <laughs> I don't think you and I have much to offer. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this head is all master on earned. I don't care. <laughs> you know, just, oh, come on. All right, guys. So y'all have yourself a good day. John, thank you again for joining. Thank you, John. And, yep. Uh, thanks, John. I look forward to Thanks, chatting guys. with you, like always, and picking your brain on stuff. Thank you for always being there for any of us coaches who need some advice. You know, I know you and Jason, Jeff, and I look up to, so thank you guys for setting a good example. Certainly. Y'all take care. All right. All right. See y'all. Thanks, Have guys. Bye-bye. Wow, that episode turned out really, really cool. I've enjoyed listening to it as I've been editing it and submitting it for you guys to hear, which is what you guys are doing right now. I wanted to take a moment and say thank you again to John for extending his time to let us ask questions, which I hope are helpful, whether you're in business or in the health and fitness industry or just need something else to listen to to occupy your time. I hope it kind of fit that spot. I know picking about picking on Jeff about his hair is always a highlight. Um, I'm actually going to start trying to up my bald game. I don't know how I'm going to make that happen, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I challenge Jason to do that as well. I wanted to bring two quick things to everyone's attention, though. On October 9th, Iron House Strength and Conditioning in Hermitage, Tennessee, basically 10 minutes from the airport, is hosting a fundraiser for a boy, a young man actually, uh, Jarrett Steele. I did an FUOI video on his journey, and he has the probably best attitude I have ever, ever seen in a young man, considering all he's up against. He has to have a few surgeries. They're back-to-back, and his family could use our help. So we're doing a live benefit that night with four awesome musicians, Adam Craig, Joey Hyde, Taylor Dahlia, and Isaac Harris uh, are going to be doing ride-arounds in our gym. We're going to have a silent auction. Uh, Entry will only be $10. We'll be selling um, some liquor and some other cool festive drinks, maybe some food. All the money benefits Jarrett and his family. But there's one cool thing. If you're listening, you all can help us in a big way. We are doing t-shirts, and they are $25. The basic cost to go in them, I think, is around four flat. So 21 a shirt would go to Jarrett. If you guys would like a shirt to help this young man out, please get a hold of me through my email at black, B-L-A-C-K, at ironhouse615.com, and I will get you in contact with my general manager who is putting all the ordering together. We would like to have at least 100 to 150 shirts sold, and we're like running around 70, so if you if you find it in your heart to help this young man out and help our cause out, that'd be awesome. We did this event for Thera's son, Riker, back in 2017. And we're able to raise over $11,000 for Riker and all his medical needs. And we're looking to uh, replicate a very similar thing here, if not more. And I know that there are people out here there who probably are not aware we're doing this. So I wanted to use this opportunity or take this opportunity to share that to help us out. The second thing is if you guys are interested in another shot to watch all of us get together, the five of us guys and do uh, present on the topics we presented this past weekend at the Physique Education Collective in Nashville. Please get a hold of myself, Jason, Jeff. Use the hashtag Excellence Cartel something. Tag us. We're trying to get a head count because we have a facility that they're going to they're extending themselves to let us utilize to present to their member base as well. And we could not be more stoked to have the opportunity so soon to present again and we are in talks to make it happen so if you are listening to this podcast and you that's something you would want to do it'd be in november december in atlanta 
on a Saturday, please let one of us three know. And in the meantime, we look forward to talking to you guys next week about a subject that is, um, it's real personal um, to us. Uh, we're going to talk about depression and anxiety, both personally and professionally. So I look forward to, uh, to seeing how that goes with us. I know that the money conversation went really good after we kind of warmed up to it. But, uh, you know, we just want to be real and transparent. This is stuff that the three of us have been going through, um, whether it be anxiety or depression on some level. And we just thought we would kind of talk it out as one friends and uh, see where the recording went to. So we look forward to seeing you guys next week. And in the meantime, y'all have yourself a great week. Thank you.